Hi, my name is Matt Fernley, editor of Battery Materials Review, and here's all the key news in the world of battery materials this month. Welcome to July's edition of Recharge, the podcast of Battery Materials Review. Thanks for tuning in this month. Unfortunately, due to travel commitments, there are no company interviews, but we've got some great ones lined up for next month's podcast. So straight into the recap of June's news and analysis in the world of battery materials. It's been a big month for Newsflow, and there's lots to talk about. As always, you can find out more about Battery Materials Review via our website at www.batterymaterialsreview.com. Ultura Mining disclosed in June that one of its Chinese strategic investors, Shanji JNR Optimum Energy, had been selling down its holding and eventually exited altogether. In our lead focus piece this month, we discuss why that could be and analyse the largest lithium stocks to see which others might be susceptible to sell-downs of strategic stakes if more Chinese companies become forced sellers. Following on from that focus article, we've seen at least two companies state that spodumene concentrate sales have been deferred in Q2. In another focus article, we ask, is the situation in lithium worse than we thought? We compare production versus sales for the past three quarters and also look at the lithium carbonate space as well. This month, we were lucky enough to attend a Benchmark Minerals World Tour event in London. A number of company presentations stood out for us, and we've summarised them in the review, but we wanted to flag the keynote presentation by Benchmark consultant Vivash Kumar, which was on qualification of materials. Qualification is effectively the auditing process by a battery maker or potentially battery user of the raw materials they buy. The major takeaway was that this is a long and drawn-out process, with lots of T's to cross and I's to dot, before a battery maker or specialty chemicals producer will sign off on buying raw material from a new project. And this is the process that distinguishes battery raw materials developers from normal commodity miners. Make no bones about it, even hard rock lithium mining is a specialty chemical, not a commodity process. And this is something that investors currently do not understand, but very much need to. Moving on to this month's news flow and analysis now. Item 1 is the raise by ASX-listed Syro Resources. The presentation associated with that raise gave more detail on some of the issues that Syro has been having at its Balama graphite mine, which basically relate to low product recoveries, and within that, low recoveries to key graphite flake basket fractions. I won't labour the overall recovery thematic, but the key issue is that the company is struggling to reach target recovery in high-value extra-large flake and mid-value medium flake. Much of its production is thus coming out as fines, and that's a key reason that its realised selling prices are some way off its targeted ones. And unfortunately, we can't see that changing this year, particularly with flake prices currently falling. That means that the project is likely to continue to struggle with low selling prices and high operating costs for the balance of 2019. Next up is a potentially extremely significant move for vanadium redox flow batteries. AIM-listed Bushveld Minerals announced a foray into vanadium leasing. One of the key issues that impact the take-up of VRFBs is the cost of raw materials, but because of the specific chemistry of vanadium in VRFBs, the vanadium can be conserved at the end of the battery life and may be used again. 
Bushveld have stated that using a rental agreement could reduce the upfront capital cost of a VRFB by around 29%, which we believe is potentially extremely significant for battery users going forward. In Cobalt, DRC issues raised their heads again, with an accident resulting in the deaths of at least 43 illegal miners at Katanga's Komoto Industrial Site in DRC. Additional to this, the military was brought in to target illegal mining at China Molybdenum's Tenke Fungurumi mine as well. June was quite a sparse month for exploration results, but three would be worth highlighting in our view, particularly Neolithium's results, which extend the depth of mineralization at the 3Q Brine project in Argentina. UEX Corporation published its final results from the winter drill program at the West Bear Cobalt Nickel project in Saskatchewan, and Armadale Capital had strong intercepts at its Mahingi Liandu Graphite project in Tanzania. There were five resource and reserve upgrades out this month, of which the standout for us is TSX-listed Largo Resources update on the Novo Amparo Norte project, close to its existing mine in Brazil. With 23.6 million tonnes at 0.89% V205, it sits prettily in the top tier of global vanadium resources when we compare it with the other 51 projects in our vanadium project tracker. In development news this month, we give some thoughts on Bacanora Lithium's Zinwald Project Feasibility Study and also discuss Standard Lithium's Arkansas Brine Project PEA. Normally, we wouldn't look twice at this project because of the low lithium grade in brine, but the company would benefit from significant brownfield project infrastructure from global chemical company Lanxis, which is its partner in the project. The project still relies on direct lithium extraction technology, which is largely unproven, but for us, it could be one to watch. It was, once again, a pretty sparse month for financings in the battery materials space as a whole in June. We tracked 17 deals in all, amounting to 165 million US dollars, but there were pockets of stronger activity. There were a number of raisings in graphite, and the total amount raised for the year is now above comparable levels in June 2018. Meanwhile, ASX-listed Arafura's raising took rare earth funds raised up to June 2019, above the total raised for the whole of 2018. In M&A, the big news was Parler's plan to acquire Cobalt 27 Capital for 501 million Canadian dollars. Shareholders will receive $3.57 in cash and shares in a new royalty company, cunningly called Nickel 28. We see what they did there. We discussed some of the ins and outs of the deal. There was a lot of downstream news this month with a big focus on batteries, but in the battle to gain the most column inches, European battery developer Northolt was definitely the winner. Following on from the 350 million euro loan it secured last month from the European Investment Bank, it concluded a 1 billion US dollar funding round led by Volkswagen and Goldman Sachs. The funding should allow constructions to start on Northvolt's first gigafactory in Sweden, which is targeted to have an initial capacity of 16 gigawatt hours in 2021 and to be double that at full capacity. Also in European batteries, CATL announced that it is significantly upscaling its investment in its Erfurt plant in Germany, raising its initial capex more than seven times to 1.8 billion euros, with a substantial increase in capacity also likely. Elsewhere, India raised its gigafactory target to 50 gigawatts from 40 gigawatts, and battery maker Varta announced plans to spend 100 million euros to expand its capacity.
In EVs, Toyota appeared to concede defeat on battery electric, accelerating its plans for electrification and perhaps re-weighting towards BEVs from hybrids. And we also discussed Tesla, which still seems to be having battery supply problems, despite very strong demand for EVs. An interesting data point this month is Wood McKenzie's estimate of how much has been spent by private equity and venture capital on grid-edge investments between 2010 and the first quarter of 2019, namely 11.6 billion US dollars. It's interesting to note that only a fraction of that has been spent on raw materials, highlighting again the elephant in the room for batteries, namely an emerging lack of raw material supply. In tech, we highlight Oxys Energy's plan to begin mass production of its lithium sulfur batteries and Kyocera's JV with 24M to manufacture semi-solid batteries in Japan. In our trade and demand section this month, we highlight the significant slowdown in EV deliveries in May, when the year-on-year growth rate of 12.5% was the lowest rate of growth since our records began. We're rather hoping that Tesla will bail the industry out in June, but unless there's a second-half re-acceleration in China, we'll struggle to reach 3 million unit sales in 2019, let alone POSCO's 4 million unit forecast. There is one ray of light, that Chinese mobile phone output was positive in year-on-year terms for the second month in May. That's the first time we've seen positive growth since mid-2017. We see this as a key indicator of consumer products demand for lithium-ion batteries. Unfortunately, there are not too many positive signs in raw materials markets at the moment. Spot lithium prices were down again in June, as were cobalt and cobalt intermediate prices and flake graphite prices, although spherical graphite prices did hold up. Vanadium prices stabilised and LME base metal prices were also up. We remain concerned about high spodumene concentrate inventories at converters and there also seems to be an oversupply of cobalt and intermediate products. On the equity side, we introduced two new equity baskets this month. A manganese basket consisting of developers and producers which have highlighted battery materials as a key area, but not including those that are mostly focused on steel. We also include a downstream basket focusing mostly on battery producers. While the global equity markets were quite strong in June, only our lithium, manganese and downstream baskets performed in line with them. There was general weakness across the battery raw materials complex. Cobalt equities were the worst performers, followed by our vanadium and graphite equity basket. So that's the end of the roundup for this month. Sorry it's just me this month, but we've got two great interviews lined up for next month. In the meantime, if you'd like to read more detail about some of the points I've raised and lots that I didn't have time to, please check out the magazine at www.batterymaterialsreview.com. Until next month. I'm Matt Fernley, editor of Battery Materials Review, and this has been Recharge. Thanks for listening.